Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode, episode four of Cannot Corner. I'm here with my main man, JP. Is this, is this the first one in 2022? It looks that way to me. Uh, yeah. looks that way to me. Happy Let's, New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Let's get it started. All right, all right, all right, guys. Uh, today is a different uh, sort of episode that we're going to be talking about. We decided because it's the new year, we thought we'd talk about some of the stuff that happened last year throughout Canada, some of the, the news events and things along those lines. And uh, we're just going to jump right into it. First of all, JP, Happy New Year. Welcome yeah. back. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Same to you. That's it. This is, we're trying to find the moments to get into the booth and record as much content as possible. I mean, we got stuff for days, but it's just a matter of finding the right time. We are teachers, by the way, too, so we got to do all that stuff first. Yep. So why don't we just kick it off? Why don't we get started? Um, let's talk about some of the things that happened last year in Canada, all around. Okay, we're going to talk about north, south, east, west, everything. All right? Yeah, it's a sort of year in review. That's our it. Be- our best attempt at it, at no. least. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of things that went down over the year, but we just kind of picked some of the, the top stuff to talk about today to give you guys uh, a little bit of insight on what went down over there. Yeah, and we are, we are seeing it from afar as well. That's true. It's not That's a- true. That's true. All right, so let's start off. JP, what do you want to talk about first? What's been going on over there? Uh, I think... For me, the biggest headline was the fact that uh, we had to tap into the Maple Syrup Reserve. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, what he's referring to is just this year, uh, we, just like any bank, we have, uh, instead of money, we keep our maple syrup. Uh, we keep that on, uh, on reserve just in case for the stuff either that we need for, our, for ourselves or the stuff to ship abroad. And they had to... How many? What was the numbers there, JP? I can't remember. Uh, I was pretty sure that was something around uh, 22 million kilos. That's so, it, yeah. yeah there it was, yeah. 22 yeah. million kilos. That's more than half of the reserve, just in order to, to break into that. Why is that important? Well, uh, it's important because it hasn't happened very often in the past. I mean, the reserve exists, but it's not something that is traditionally used. So, um, I mean, is it because of climate change? Mm -hmm. Is it because uh, Canadian exports of maple syrup have increased? Is Mm -hmm. it a combination of both? I don't know. I'm I'm asking these questions, but I honestly don't know the answers. Not sure. Um, I mean, what we do know is that last year, uh, 83 million kilos of of maple syrup were produced worldwide. and, um, And 60 million of those came from Quebec's forests. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah, Canada is a major player in the maple syrup game globally. That's it. Yeah. And well, I mean, later on, I'm going to talk about weather and stuff like that too, but weather makes a big difference uh, oh, yeah. uh, on, on how much can be produced during the year. You know, uh, maple trees can only be tapped when there's, when there's temperatures that are above freezing. And we know Canada, you know, is a cold yep. place. Absolutely. So you gotta, you know, obviously all the stuff's going to freeze in there. So um, it is difficult depends if it's a really cold year we're not getting as much yeah right? and that's that's the thing and that means here in spain it's tough to buy i think it kind of it happens there's there's similarities with things that happen here in spain like i know that um uh the, the like the hazelnuts if uh if spring comes too early mm-hmm. it's bad because then the trees have already started flourishing but yeah. then gust of wind or any kind of sort of like you know, hailstorm can come along and mm-hmm. and uh, and totally destroy a, a year's worth of crops. So, yeah. and the same thing happened with with, um, with maple syrup. If you tap the tree too early, 
or if you just just don't happen to have the right type of temperature to to, to do it, um, it a whole year can be lost so I, I don't know if that's exactly what the case here I think my understanding is that um, Canadian exports of maple syrup have been increasing um, over the years and I think it's probably just a question of keeping up with like a good image that's of, it. you know like it yeah we be. can we can handle that we can handle that type it, yeah. of volume so that seems about right yeah. and the fact that you know there's more and more Canadians living abroad like us over here yeah that we need our maple syrup we exactly. put on bacon I got to put maple syrup on bacon that's <laughs> how it works for me you know on, on bacon and eggs if you haven't tried it ladies and gentlemen give it a shot maple yeah. syrup but get the Canadian stuff I've been getting more and more requests for pancakes for breakfast from <laughs> the rest of the family so <laughs> yeah and, right. um, I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, I like the fact that you uh, make the, the bank analogy there because, I mean, really, like, you know, maple syrup is, it's, it's not, you know, to the point where it's our currency, but mm -hmm. um, it's not far off. I mean, I remember uh, in 2012, uh, there, was, there was actually an attempt to, well, a successful attempt to, yep. to steal uh, maple syrup from the reserve. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yep. And it, I mean, they, they got away with it almost. They, it was recovered, mm -hmm. uh, part of it, uh, by the end of it. But yeah. I mean, yeah. You know? Mostly probably to sell on the black market Absolutely. and things like that. But uh, I mean, there's it, a lot of money to be made in the maple syrup game. Yeah. For sure. Because I, I mean, who are your competitors? Like Northern Vermont? That's and, it. Right? Yeah. That's it. And actually in my area, um, a lot of the people who sell the maple, maple syrup are the Amish. Yeah. There's a lot of Amish in that area. So these people are still riding around in horse and buggies, and they are tapping trees. And in fact, you can go on weekends and stuff like that to, to, their, to their farms. They give you a bucket, they give you a hammer, and they give you a little tap. And yeah. you can go and find a tree that's marked for you and, yeah, and tap it away. Canadians are actually uh, quite the maple syrup connoisseurs. You know, um, I mean, we, I know that uh, in, in my parents' house, they've got, uh, it's, it's like a specific farm and... Yep. They buy from them. Um, the, the knowledge was actually discovered by um, so the I think it were it was French explorers who sort of observed what the uh, the the natives were doing, mm -hmm. and uh, and they were the first ones to sort of tap into these trees. Um, in Canada, you can actually visit a a maple syrup uh, farm, yep. and they'll actually spread the toffee down on on ice or on on snow for you yeah and it's um so it's even like thicker than the actual maple syrup and um i i know it's a serious thing um like in, especially in pancake mm -hmm. houses um restaurants if if you use like the, the the commercial sort of syrup but it's not deemed maple syrup because legally uh -huh. it can't be because it's sugar and water that's right um i mean that, that's more than one friendship has ended over there uh, that and and uh, sort of the quality of maple syrup that's that's served in places. So yeah, I mean it, the the idea is like if you go to a restaurant here, like a, especially a breakfast place, a typical breakfast place. If you go there, uh, here in Spain, you know you get the, the ketchup, the mustard, the mayonnaise, or yep. whatever, the salt, the oil on the table. But for us, there is literally uh, maple syrup on the table. Most do you know what I mean? In yeah. any breakfast place, you put in your coffee, you put in your tea, you put on, like I said, bacon, eggs, whatever. I even put it on my cereal from time to time. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. I was, I was kind of, I was kind of surprised here, um, here in, in, in Candelonia specifically, they do this like bread and tomato thing. It's basically, mm -hmm. uh, rubbing tomatoes on, on, on bread. Yep. Um, and so it makes it sort of, yeah, you, it's just, you, you're like, saying you put maple syrup on that. I, I don't put maple syrup on that, Ooh, but, but I, new idea. I, I assume well, it's not a bad idea actually, but, um, <laughs> 
I just assume that there'd be that, that type of passion for yeah. it, um, especially because like, everybody I know here grows tomatoes. So I thought, you know, um, they'd be very specific about that. Maybe they'd, they'd bring their own tomatoes to the restaurant, you mm -hmm. know. But no, people seem just ready to, to use the tomatoes that are um, provided. And, and they're honestly not that bad. Um, sometimes they can be a little watery, but, I mean, you know, yeah, it's yeah. not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of... Uh, uh, almost end of the world, as you were just saying there. Um, I have a little bit of news that I thought was kind of interesting. Something that happened uh, earlier, I think it was in July. Right, where, in July. where are you going with this, Brian? Yeah, no, it, happened in, it happened in July um, in northern Canada. So clo actually close to, uh, close to Alaska. So up yeah. in that way, BC area. There was a man who was trapped and stalked by a grizzly bear for over five days. Yeah. Did he have salmon in his no. pocket? Or <laughs> <laughs> so he was camping and fishing and that sort of thing up, up in a few rivers up that way. And uh, one day uh, he came, uh, you know, as they do, the, the grizzly bears, and they're, they're absolutely massive, you know. Yep. And apparently one had come along and, uh, and, and just attacked him. He was actually injured by it. He was attacked by, by these things and he was able to get up on top of his camper. Okay. Wow. Um, normally in that area, there's, you're supposed to be carrying a firearm or something to try and scare them away. You are? Yeah, up in that area. Really? Yeah. yeah well, you're not supposed to, but you probably should. Okay, you're most, not supposed to, but you most, should. <laughs> most people will carry a, a pistol of some sort to try and keep keep them away in that sense. I was um, going to say this would be the first time I'd hear of Canadian authorities encouraging firearm possession. <laughs> for animals, yeah. yeah. <laughs> up in that area, I definitely know. I spent some time up there... Um, when was that? 2000, 2001, 2002, more or less. I was up there playing football Okay. Uh, in Dawson Creek, if you've ever heard of it. Not the show, not the TV show. But up in that way, there's a place called Dawson Creek. I was playing, um, I was playing football up there for them. And uh, yeah, you know, you see people walking around with big old knives and, and pistols on their waist and stuff for the animals that, because this is up in like, Dawson Creek is mile zero of the Alaskan Highway, so it's okay, beginning yeah. a, on the way up. So and these guys even live live further up that way. So, uh, well, this guy was injured. Okay, so he was attacked quickly. He was able to get away. Climbed up on top of his on top of his uh, his camper van, yep. where the grizzly just couldn't get up to. But what the grizzly did for five days, literally just stayed down there, and circled. They circled him. What kind of injury are we talking about? Was it could like the grizzly bear smell blood or? Well, no, the, the, the bear injured him. They oh, okay, okay, him wow, quickly, wow. And he's able to get away. So the man was fishing okay. or hunting. I'm not sure exactly what he was doing, or maybe just camping in general. Bear snuck up behind him, got him real quick. He was able to get away, climbed up on top, and for five days, the bear just sat there. The bear was like, this is mine. He made it his, his goal to get this man. And luckily enough, the man was able to get inside from the top and get some uh, clothes and stuff like that. With the clothes that he had, he was able to spell out, help me. On top. Wow. Right? And <laughs> after five days, okay, the, the bear just stalking and waiting. After five days, a helicopter happened to come by, right, and see the help me and, and saved him and saved him. My yeah. goodness. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of makes you, you know, think about the wild animals and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I have to say kudos to both the bear and the, the guy for having the idea to put the, put the, yeah, put some the clothes down. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's... After and five days, so that's very little water. So I think he was only enough. I obviously survived. Um, I mean, for know, both of them. So yeah. I'm thinking, like the bear didn't, you know, like five days without 
you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just I going mean, to get a snack somewhere else. Maybe he had some stuff for the camping food that was down below. I'm yeah, not sure. Yes, I, I don't know. Uh, it didn't go into great detail about that, but the helicopter that saved him was pretty cool. And it just kind of reminded me of like, you know, that sort of. I don't know if where you're from or whatever, but you have the that animals do get oh, around. Absolutely, you know? I remember the the first time. Uh, was it the first time? Uh, yeah, it might have been the first time. I, I remember one of the first times that uh, uh, my partner and I, she, she came to Canada with me. Mm-hmm. Um, we went on a camping trip. Um, pretty sure it was Algonquin Lake, maybe not, but somewhere, somewhere up there. Up that way, yeah. Um, and um, we got to the first campsite. That was the first thing that she thought, like, wow, there are campsites? <laughs> and it's not just, you know, like, free-for-all, you know, find a spot, just take it. And No, I mean, no. It is an option, but I wouldn't recommend it. Is it an option? Oh, option sure. in, in, in Algonquin? In some, some, some places, it's not really an option. If it's, if it's a natural park, I think it's... Algonquin, um, I can say that... Well, they, they, were pretty, they were pretty strict, like, when we got in the canoes. There mm-hmm. was a, a ranger that um, sort of made us go through our bags and show the food that we were bringing and all that, so... Well, um, in, in high school, I did a course uh, called Leadership, and uh, they teach you survival. They teach you all this sort of thing. It was grade 11, so like first of bachillerato here. Yeah, yeah. And our final project, uh, our final exam was driving up to Algonquin, right? Okay. Uh, getting out of a bus, and the, the teacher gives you a map and says, you're at this point, wow. and in seven days, you need to be at this point. And they taught us no trace camping, uh, tying your food up in the trees. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to get at. That's yeah. what, we got to the first site, and she was like, um, my brother started putting all the food in the backpack and yeah. hoisting it up. And she was like, before you got to that part, she was like, what's the rope for? <laughs> <laughs> so we explained to her. And um, yeah, I know it's funny because uh, we had a, um, a bottle of uh, uh, fermented grape juice Uh-oh. in the tent with us. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and she got paranoid in the middle of the night, and she was like, "I'm gonna throw it out in the middle, <laughs> just so the bear doesn't come." And I was like, "I'm pretty sure the the cork is doing a good enough it's job doing a good of, enough of job. yeah, no one's gonna yeah. notice." But yeah, you got to be careful and stuff like that because you never know. And even more up where this guy was, uh, where it's just incredibly wild, incredibly wild, and animals are everywhere. I, you know, I I'm, I'm, I live in a city, or I lived in a city, and it was even I remember um, joggers. Uh, outside running and stuff at nighttime being stalked by coyotes. Oh, I remember really? that being in the newspaper and stuff. And one woman came very close and actually had to jump into a, a, a passing car to, to, wow. to get away from these coyotes, you know? No, Kingston's not... I mean, we have... There's nature and all that, but I think the, like, the worst thing you can find in the city is probably a raccoon. Yeah. Yeah. And th- those can be dangerous too. They can be, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they bite, those little buggers. Well, they, like, they were... I don't know if they were competing or if they just had rabies or whatever but i remember um sometimes we hear screams at night and it was probably raccoon getting like a, a rabbit or something possibly yeah. yeah i just know <clears throat> up in my cottage they would just come out and try and get the garbage yeah that's I mean? that's because that's what put, they're uh, famous for yeah so you gotta you put know. rocks on top of the box that all the garbage goes in so absolutely they, they don't get at it good 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 so yeah i just wanted to share that little bit of information oh it's an interesting story that. it's an interesting story actually while, while we're on um the topic of uh Heroics and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one that was uh, was pretty great from um, again from a teaching perspective. Okay, I think it's uh, inspiring. There's a 22 year old uh, girl who was attending a hockey game 
between the Seattle Kraken and the Vancouver Canucks. Now, yeah. if you've been listening to us, you know what that means. Yep. Um, and she was right behind the, the team benches. So this means that she had um, the players that were not on the ice and all the staff directly in front of her. Yeah. And, uh, and somehow she happened to notice a cancerous mole on, um, on, on the, uh, the equipment manager of the Vancouver Canucks on the okay. back of his neck, which is not easy because they yeah. wear, you know, um, like tracksuits that have that collared, that up, collars yeah. and yeah. And, um, and of course she's, she's in this sporting event where this guy's doing his job and she's a fan. And so she's trying to get some message across to him. And, uh, what she did was she wrote it on her, on, on a, like a, a text app on her phone oh, Okay. and she showed it to him. She finally got his attention. Yeah. And, um, and so I guess he checked it out, you okay. know, just that, and, um, and she was right. She totally, if, if he'd have left it, um, for, I think doctor said between two to five years, uh-huh. he would have been looking at terminal cancer. Oh, wow. And the fact that they got it so preemptively, um, pretty much we could say that she saved his life almost. She, she saved him a lot of suffering. That's for sure. I, I can imagine that something that, you know, as if that's your job or if that's what you're studying, that's probably just in your head all the time to be just checking out skin or looking at people's skin as they go by. You know, maybe it sounds a bit strange for us to be like, why would she be checking out a guy's neck? But do you know well, what I mean? Like, yeah, I, mean, I guess so. I mean, I guess technically I am always correcting people's English when I'm, <laughs> but, or French or whatever. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I guess, but still, I mean, it's pretty incredible that she, she was, you know, able to, um, to find the way to, to communicate it to him in a way that was convincing enough right, yeah. for him to not be like, what is this person talking yeah, about? Yeah, this crazy you know lady, I mean? this crazy lady talking about my neck. Yeah. Why is, she, why is she looking at my neck? Yeah. Exactly. And it kind of reminds me of a story that actually happened. I think it was in the United States, something similar. There was, uh, one of those you know, fix your home TV shows that are, you know what I mean? These yeah, two, yeah. These, this couple that were trying to buy a house and then get it fixed up and either sell it or one of those things. It's on Divinity Channel all the time. You know okay. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know about. what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I guess a doctor was watching that and noticed that this woman had a weird lump on her throat. Just really? literally watching it one day. So he did all this work to contact the, the TV program and through different terminals, different ways, he was able to get a message across to the lady saying, you have thyroid cancer, go to the doctor. And he saved her doing the same thing, that they caught it early, but he could see what she was talking, the same sort of thing. And he was able to save her that way as well. Because that's, that's incredible. You know, as a doctor, just, that's his job, and that's what he sees. Do you think we could pull that off? I don't know, probably not. Brian Adams is supposed to come to, isn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. He's here in February. Right. Brian, if, if you're listening, <laughs> come see us in Canuck Corner. That's it. Come there's, see us. There's Do breakfast it. in it for you if oh, you're, yeah, if you're I'll interested. Buy, I'll buy up a croissant. Yep. I don't even mind. That, or a donut. I'll go to Tim Hortons <laughs> in the morning. That's it. Uh, what about, did you, did you get a chance to watch the Olympics this year? I did not. No? No, I Apparently, did we did pretty well. Did we? Yeah. You know, I think 24 medals in total. Okay. We did 24 medals. And the craziness about the whole thing, what I think is absolutely incredible is 18 of those of those of those medals were won by women. That's good. Yeah. No. I, so I the women's it's... women women this year were just kicking butt in general, just kicking butt in general. Um, I think the gold medal was for the 
One of the gold medals, the women won the soccer. Right, or exactly. Football. Yep. yep. I didn't know against Sweden, I believe they won. Correct. Uh, yeah. I don't know the final score, but I know that they won. I know that it was done in a shootout. That's all I know. Yeah. That they won that. But um, different, uh, all these different, um, I mean, just all, all, what was it? Um, yeah, they beat them in penalty shootout. Is that what it was? That's Correct. That's what I'm yeah. reading. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But 18 of 24, all women. Yeah, I think that's incredible. No, I think it's great. Yeah, you right. girls are kicking butt out there. Keep doing your yeah. job. Keep doing your job. Good job, good job. <laughs> and and um, actually, that the that victory of the the women's team was mm-hmm. uh, definitely inspirational. Like I, I think it was the thing that sort of kickstarted um, soccer fever in Canada. Because I don't know if you know, but we are currently head of the World Cup qualifying group as well in the Concacaf. Really? Yeah. So what is that? Top what, spot. What does that mean? That we're that means that we cup? might we might uh, qualify for a World Cup for the first time since uh, was it eighty six in Mexico? Eighty two. Eighty two. No. Yes. Eighty something in Mexico. Eighty something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons to be um, optimistic. I I think it's great. I mm-hmm. think um, you know, as a as a kid growing up, um, I watched. My fair share of uh, of soccer all over the place, but right. I obviously watched some qualifiers, and uh, I gotta say, um, I'm pretty impressed by by this team. And there's a lot of things to um, to, to point out. Um, the last time that uh, a Canadian-born uh, player played for Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. uh, that was Owen Hargraves, and he chose to play for the England national team. Okay, um, so we've got one again. Uh, uh, Alfonso Davis, mm-hmm. and he's actually playing for Canada. All right. Is, so this is a big change, and this is you know never seen this before. Okay. Um, so, anyways, uh, from what I've seen, there's uh, a lot of. I mean, they beat Mexico in Edmonton okay. in December. Edmonton in December. I don't. This is so. I got to put this in the context for yeah. most people. Well, I'm thinking about um, the same thing. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. They. They. Uh, they. They. They plowed snow off the field. Okay. Before the match. And where did they play? In the football stadium. Yeah. In the. In the. What's it called? The the one they got in. Where the Eskimos play. Yeah. Or the Elks now. They changed their names to the Edmonton Elks. Well, what's it called? Is that the McMahon? No, McMahon is in Calgary. McMahon Stadium. This. Um, this has the name. Um, like one of those big. Uh, I don't know, not not Olympic, but it's something like that. Yeah. It's got the, My brother Chris would know; he knows a lot about that stuff. But uh, yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, okay. So they're playing in the American Football Stadium. Yeah, they, well, they played okay. in like the, the big stadium right. in Edmonton, and they drew a good crowd in in you December. Know, in December, in minus wow. I don't know, 30, 40 degrees, and um, and they beat Mexico for the first time in. Well, yeah, because uh, Mexico yeah. would be frozen. <laughs> I don't think they would <laughs> minus something degrees. Yeah, so oh, wow. I mean, it's a it's a big thing. There's a lot of people are excited about it. So. Okay, yeah. there you go. Well, uh, speaking of, of temperatures and stuff like that, uh, Canada got hit pretty bad this year um, with a uh, different part. I don't know if you remember seeing in the summertime that the heat wave that happened. Oh yeah, yeah, I do the remember heat the heat wave, wave in yeah. June. Um, they believe I think they had a name for it. They called it the heat dome. Why, I don't know, but that's what they call it, the heat dome. Basically, okay. uh, the idea was that the heat, for some reason, stayed in one specific area, and that would have been in the uh, in BC area. Correct, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it was hot in general. Uh, mm-hmm. What people don't realize that in Canada, it gets hot, ladies and gentlemen. I brought my wife in, <laughs> yeah, I brought my, my wife in August one time, and, and it got 
she got out of the car and she couldn't believe how hot it was. Um, you know, the humidity in my area is is at almost 100% all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it can reach 40 without without any problems. Um, and it's just uh, sometimes very uncomfortable in the summertime. So you can drop down to minus 30, yep. or it can go up to, to 40 degrees. Um, but the thing is, is that one thing about the weather in Canada is that it's always changing, you know? Yeah, that's uh, true, yeah. You know, I think there's a saying that we have in our area, if you don't like the weather, stick around. <laughs> because it's going to change. So you could wake up in the morning and it's minus 18 degrees, but by, by noon it's 12. It's, it's, the, it's the strangest thing because we live in such a weird sort of area that has this, this climate change. Yeah, no, I think that's pretty common everywhere as well. Like, yeah. You know. Well, the heat wave or the heat dome, it got up to 40 degrees, um, 40 plus and higher, even upwards of 50 degrees for three days straight over 50 degrees okay. in this area um people were sick uh some uh, people died yeah um the elderly and stuff like that um and it's just it was just it was just horrible in general and to you know to make matters worse in general after three days of solid heat dry all this sort of thing it actually started wildfires so yeah, in BC from, it would. That's I mean. right. <laughs> so then the mountains caught on fire, basically. Oh, no. And so from there, imagine wildfire, smoke, heat, and just the hot temperatures. It just had to have been unbearable. I just yeah. couldn't imagine. Uh, you know, so I didn't realize it was that bad. I'd heard of the heat wave, but I didn't have time to get the, the specifics on it. Yeah, no, it was it was it was quite bad. And then uh, the poor people in that area just just got just got hammered on for yeah. for months because. After the fires um, and things like that, uh, floods came. So they had this like record amount of rain that 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 came that came through. So then they started flooding in that area. So you know um, it created a ton of uh, floods through rivers. Rivers were just just pouring over, creating landslides and that sort of thing. Um, just on the from Kamloops all the way down to to. Um, Victoria, yeah. all that area, and these poor people just for months just couldn't get away from it. It was just some, some bad luck in general. Definitely. So, oh, especially because I mean, uh, for those of you unfamiliar with Canada, um, British Columbia is the the west coast is sort of renowned for mm -hmm. having the best climate yeah. in Canada. They That's don't right. get too. Uh, too much snow, or at least it's not too cold in the winters. In fact, they get the snow just where they need it, mm -hmm. on the ski slopes, and then in the cities, they usually just get rain. So. That's it. Well, you can actually snow in the summer, or ski in the summertime. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. That's, that's so. T-shirt, you know, yeah. they're skiing. I have a friend that does that. But uh, yeah. beautiful area, ladies and gentlemen. It's the mountains. If you ever get a chance to go out to that area, um, you will not be disappointed. It's absolutely gorgeous. The lakes um, up in Banff, Jasper, in that area. Start writing this stuff down because Canada is an absolutely gorgeous spot, even over there. Um, and then getting down into Vancouver, down in the, in the Okanagan Valley. You know what we can listen to on the podcast What's right that? now? What's that? Uh, Surfing in Tofino by the Planet Smashers. I like it. I like Check it. Check this one out. Okay, good. good song. I'll throw that over top. Um, great, yeah. So, I mean, uh, at the end, everything kind of, you know, made itself out. But, you know, I mean, a few months there was just, you know, very, very, not very good for everybody in general. So, yeah, yeah. And then that's not very common, you know. Yeah. I know California's had some wildfires for like the last 10 years, no, yeah. on and off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, I think, the first I've ever heard of in British Columbia. 
Yeah, but uh, that is. And then I think from the heat and stuff, some some places like some of the some big reservoirs and stuff like that dried out as well. Oh. So a lot of people, the drinking water. But it was, wasn't it was maple syrup, right? Definitely not maple okay, syrup. Okay, okay. Yeah. So we're, we're all right. That's we're right. okay. You can survive off that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's not the only crisis that there was in Canada this year either. Um, Apparently, there's a little bit of a housing crisis as well for okay. for younger people. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, not yeah, yeah. Uh, too much available. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, it's hard to see. I'm, I'm I've been trying to document myself a little bit on this, and it's hard to find out exactly what's going on. I know that uh, the prime minister promised a, a series of measures to help Canadians buy a home, mm-hmm. despite the housing prices in the market. Um, so. I think one of the things was to try and limit um, th- or, or block foreign nationals from buying homes okay. um, for like a two-year period at least. Because, um, I mean, yeah, we're not the only ones that know that British Columbia is beautiful and a mm-hmm. nice place to live. And, you know, a lot of people um, are, are picking up uh, second homes there and in other places of Canada as well. That's so. It. And that's making things complicated for uh, for younger people with a, a tighter budget in Canada to actually uh, be homeowners. So. Well, that's it. The inflation is going up yep. like crazy. Gas prices, everything is just absolutely just skyrocketing. Did you know that Canada has the highest mobile phone rates in the world? Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The average person pays about $80, $80 a month. I remember when I f- got my first cell phone. I was on a pay-as-you-go. Good times. Yeah. (laughs) And I was constantly going to the bank machine to to top it up. Because, yeah, it was just... uh, And it was ridiculous. I was like, I sent two text messages and got a a voicemail from someone. And I got to go charge up my... You know what I mean? (laughs) What's going on here? Well, yeah, because you got to pay for incoming calls. Absolutely. Yeah. So people call you, I got to pay for that? It doesn't make much sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. No. But but yeah, going back to the inflation, everything's just going up. People, uh, you know, I think, did they just raise the price of, um, or the... The minimum wage as well. I don't know. I think it's up around fifteen. I would $16. think they would have just yeah. to be in, you know, coherence with everything else. I mean, how are you gonna yeah. be able to own a home if your minimum wage hasn't gone up? And that's it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, the the just to give you guys a, a hint of, of what it's like over there. Canada is expensive. Uh, it definitely is. Um, for example, a few years back, uh, my mom took my wife and I to uh, a supermarket to show just kind of like. Prices of vegetables and stuff like that. So imagine, what can you get a, a stock of broccoli here for? Uh, it's like a euro Maybe, something. Yeah. Euro fifteen, euro twenty cents. Yeah. Okay, so let's just break it. On average, a euro, euro fifty. I think at that time it was about $6 for one. Yeah. Right? Like, um, <laughs> where, was she, where was she shopping at? Whole Foods? What is, what yeah, is I think it was it? a Zares. A Zares, A Zares, really? yeah. I think a, the Zares is the closest one, but... It's just uh, in prices of meat and things like that. Like it's. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, well, I know anything that's imported is, you know. Yeah. That's what people. But local broccoli, you know. What I yeah. Mean? So I don't know what you're paying for. Yeah, just taxes know. on everything in general. It does. It does get quite expensive. The only good thing are the outlets. <laughs> when I go home, yeah, I get some stuff from the outlets. I mean, on the other hand, like I get the feeling in Canada, at least you, you see your tax dollar is coming back in in I some agree. way you know what i mean you I don't agree. feel too bad about mm-hmm. that because you know 
what is it there? Ontario's 13%? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> In between 11 and 13. I know each province is different, but it's definitely not 21%. That's for sure. Yeah, no, you get there's the two, right? There's provincial sales tax mm-hmm. and there's... The GST uh, and the, the GST, PST. Yeah. yeah, the government exactly. sales tax. And the great thing about the GST are the checks. So yeah. the idea, ladies and gentlemen, is that every, every trimester, you're paying a GST, a government sales tax. And if the government doesn't use all of that money... They give it back to you. They 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 basically refund you a certain amount, and yeah, and exactly. so you get every every three months, you know, maybe fifty, sixty dollars or something like that that you get in in this government GST check, yeah. and it, they're just beautiful because you're not expecting it, and then it's like, oh, there's I just got my government sales tax again or uh, the check, and you go out and do that. Can't buy a house with it though. That's no, for sure, sure. No. no, but you could. Uh... Definitely stop at Tim Hortons and uh, double double. Yep, absolutely, <laughs> and get maple syrup with. Probably get some a before it runs out. Before, that, yeah. before it runs out, yeah. Um, I I don't know if uh, if if this is the right outlet or not, but um, I was on a, the panel for one of the the end of the year projects here, mm-hmm. and um, one uh, the, the student was doing it on um, on concentration camps. Okay. And so I did a little bit of research, you know, while I was reading his project, mm-hmm. and I found something out I didn't know. And it was interesting because did you know that in, in Auschwitz, mm-hmm. um, the part of the camp where they had all of like the confiscated, for lack of a better word, um, luggage and possessions from all of the, the incoming uh, prisoners? Yeah, guess, prisoners, yeah, yeah sure. Um, was, was kept in this one area. And they referred to that part of the camp as Canada. Really? Yeah. And there's a thing, you can Google this, called the Canada Commando. It's with a K because mm-hmm. it's in German. Right. Right? Um, and, and this was uh, like a brigade of prisoners okay. whose only responsibility was to go through all these confiscated goods, classify them, right? Yeah. And they called it Canada because Canada was, uh, in their minds, a, um, a wealthy, like the land of, of, of wealth and, huh? and, and, you know, good living. So... And that's why they called this part of the, car, the, wow. the camp Canada. And I the Canada Commando was actually the majority of them were women. Mm-hmm. Everybody was desperately trying to get into this because they had, um, you know, obviously the, their job entailed being in contact with all these possessions. Right. They were able to keep certain things for themselves. Course, yeah. So they had, you know, they were the only ones that really weren't fighting to not starve to yeah. death. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they even had, you know, some things to sort of, um, negotiate with in certain situations. So, oh, and they, and they were well treated apparently by the guards as well because okay. uh, that's the thing. They would also say to the guards like, "Look, we've got this. You know, this is a pretty spectacular object or whatever." And the guards would say, "Well, okay, I'm I'm going to take that off your hands and you know, you keep quiet." And 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 so that there was that sort of yeah, you know, that back and forward. Wow. It, yeah, exactly. Well, wow, I didn't know that. The only thing that I did know a lot about when I come down to Canada is that. Um, a lot of the prisoner camps that, that we had on our side um, were, or for the Germans, would have to go to Canada, right? They, what? In, yeah, yeah, yeah. They kept a lot of them in Saskatchewan because basically if you are in Saskatchewan, it's so flat that if you try to escape, you are going nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So they <laughs> yeah. built these camps and a lot of them didn't if even have fences. you built a watchtower in Saskatchewan, yeah. that is a good investment <laughs> because you can see for kilometers and kilometers around. Yeah, you. I remember learning this a long time ago. They don't have, uh, they, they, a lot of them didn't even have fences. They just kind of set them down and go, 
You know, this is where See you that cornfield over yeah. there? That's, that's this is where you are now. And you're going to be here until the remainder of the war. And so yeah. in a lot of the, in that area, there's a lot of German and a lot of German people in that area because they just they were happy. They stayed there. Okay. Obviously, they were treated much better than 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 camps here. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, the, the, the camps we probably wouldn't want to mention in Canada. I mm-hmm. think I as I studied in um, in university was uh, in BC. Actually, mm-hmm. they had uh Japanese ah, yes. concentration yeah. camps because yeah, of did. the whole... Yeah. Uh, yeah, They had all that stuff over yeah. there as and well. And the conditions there weren't that great. Right. But I think there's a book about that. The there J- should be the at Jade least Peony. one. should be at I least one, probably several. I remember reading it in high school, the Jade Peony. I remember okay. that. Yeah. I didn't get it in high school, but I did definitely get it in yeah. uh, university. Yeah. Yep. Well, there it is. So, well, a little bit of information I just learned. I'll call it. Uh, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Oh, it's pretty good. Interesting. It's good to learn things. Well, that's it. Well, JP, uh, thanks for sharing um, and coming up and letting the people know today about uh, things that happened in Canada this year uh, or last year. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that concludes today's uh, episode four of Canuck Corner, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you enjoyed and uh, and please feel free to contact us in any way if you guys have any ideas or if you like would if you would like to hear. Uh, or learn about something Canadian. Um, until next week, where we are going to try in with a whole different theme in general. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much. And thanks, JP. Pleasure to be here. See you later. See ya. Bye.